On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, it is November the 20th, the day in which World Cup Qatar 2022 kicks off. A World Cup which has possibly had less sort of happy build-up the way you might usually have for a World Cup than any other World Cup than any of us can ever remember. I was speaking this morning to Rasmus Tanthold, and that man whose name you may not recognise, but certainly whose footage you will. He was the man who was interrupted by Qatari authorities when he was trying to do a live broadcast from the side of the street earlier this week. I asked him to explain exactly what happened when he started his broadcast. Well, we were doing a, a live shot for Danish television. I did many of them, uh, both here in Qatar or in uh, my 20 years career at TV2 Denmark. So it was pretty routine. But uh, after a few seconds, as four security guards uh, came up uh, and they started asking us in the middle of the live uh, if we had the right uh, permissions to film. And um, we do have the right permission uh, to film. My cameraman told them, during the life, well, we are in the middle of a life and uh, we have the right permissions, but they insisted that we should stop uh, filming. And uh, because I know we are right, we have the right permissions, we wouldn't stop filming in the middle of the life. So we continued. And um, the consequence was that uh, one of the security guards, he took his hand up in front of the camera lens. So we couldn't film, obviously. My cameraman, he was uh, uh, rotating 360 degrees with the guy hanging on the camera lens, trying to prevent us from filming. And in the end, we went uh, off air. And after we went off air, uh, we continued filming because we wanted to document uh, what was going on. And uh, one of the guys, he um, threatened to smash our camera, to to destroy uh, the camera, as he uh, put it. How quickly did you receive an apology then from the Supreme Committee that's responsible for delivering this World Cup? After a couple of hours, I got a phone call, uh, first a text message, and then I replied with a phone call because they asked me to. Uh, I was surprised they had my number. Uh, I was surprised that they're watching Danish television. Uh, But um, because we we didn't put this on on social media or anything before that. Uh, Because to begin with, I said, to myself, well, it's one incident, and maybe, you know, if there will be more incidents, we would might put it on social media. But after the apology, then I thought, why? Okay, I can put it on social media saying that actually they apologized because, I mean, a lot of Danish people have seen it already. Mm. And also, you know, the rumors start, started uh, and, and uh, you know, different media asked TV2 for the clip to have it. So I decided, well, let it, let it, let it. Let us put it out there that they actually gave an apology. Um, so in your experience of being there so far uh, and in discussions maybe with other broadcasters that you might have met while you've been on the ground in Qatar, has that been very unusual or have any other colleagues come to you and also expressed some concern about the uh, the overzealous presence of uh, Qatari agents on the ground to try and interrupt media broadcasting like this? Many of my colleagues have been interrupted, but not on live television, not with the hand in front of the camera lens or not by threats, but they have just been asked, you know, do you have the right permission and you are not allowed to film here? And, you know, my concern is that, you know, I'm experienced. I tried that hundreds of times before all around the world when I'm covering, uh, you know, conflicts and, uh, you know, natural disasters. And, you know, I did that for so long. So I tried it many times. But if you come here to cover the World Cup as a young, unexperienced reporter, I think 
it's uh, it, it can be I mean quite um, scary uh, to be honest with you if 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 someone like in my uh, um, in, with in, with my incidents are uh, you know threatening to destroy your your equipment I mean mm. that that that's just too far but 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 also a lot of people tells me well they didn't have any problems uh, at all and uh, I think also it's like this they just have to get used to that. They have a World Cup going on, and there are different rules, and 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 maybe things will settle now. Uh, one thing which may be worth saying, just for the benefit of our listeners, because they'll be coming at this with a European mindset, is that it, it is not always the case all over the world that you can just put a TV camera on the side of the street and then film and do a live piece. That there are some other places in which that's just not the accepted culture, and maybe it's it's unusual for European listeners to hear that. But that is uh, the way that it is. Um, on the ground there, um, and today being the day, Rasmus, that the World Cup is actually supposed to get underway. Is there any sense of there being the usual carnival that you might expect that comes with the World Cup or does it still all feel very artificial that there aren't many travelling fans and that it's a lot of locals that are being paid to try and create the atmosphere that doesn't exist otherwise? What does it feel like there? Yeah, I mean, I, I covered uh, five other World Cups and it is definitely different, very different uh, from those because, I mean, this is not a place where there is a huge culture of celebrating football. I mean, um, the, the, the you know the Euro Cup in in England, of course. I mean, uh, England uh, is a place where where they love football, like Ireland. I mean, so it's it's natural that people are celebrating in the street because they love football, but they don't necessarily love football here because they don't have a history with football. So they have to kind of create the atmosphere. The good thing then is that they have a lot of expats, migrant workers, you can call them, from places, especially in India, uh, in the Kerala district in southern India, where they have a huge football tradition, not playing, but watching the South American football. And they're not paid. They, they are just they just really love football. But the football culture is still different from what we are used to. But when it comes to fans coming from abroad, they say that there will arrive um, 1.2 million fans. But we just didn't see a lot of them yet. Uh, and um, I'm sure they will come. But, you know, if you cannot buy beers in the street, you cannot, you know, buy food with food stalls and um, everything we have seen everywhere else. I mean, it's difficult to create a party at the Sheraton uh, bar in uh, because it's <laughs> expensive and it's not a place for fans to go. But that's where you can buy the beers. Now you have the fan zones, but I was there. And, you know, to buy a beer, you have to queue for a long, long time. It's it's just complicated. And, of course, I think also we have to accept as Europeans, well, we have a football culture that we created, which involve a lot of alcohol. But, you know, this is the first time in a Muslim country. And maybe we also have to um, respect that, well, maybe they have another culture. And, uh, well, now it's a Muslim country and maybe we should try to respect their culture. Uh, and that's that culture is not necessarily uh, involving uh, alcohol, uh, but uh, but mm. it, it's, it's, it's very special. It is certainly going to be a big culture clash over the next three weeks. Rasmus, we will let you go. Thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime. That's Rasmus Tantold, international correspondent with TV2 in Denmark. Rasmus, thank you. Thank you. On that point, though, about whether we should expect culture clashes, let's talk to Podrick Reedy, who's director of editorial at 89Up, a communications agency based in London. Podrick, we're going to talk to you because uh, you actually claim some credit for having coined the term sports washing in the first place. This idea that people are on unfriendly regimes can use uh, the world of sports to try and uh, facade some of what they're truly up to. What do you feel about that, that point that we maybe should be more tolerant of cultures that just aren't quite as based on the norms that we have? 
Governor Gavin. Um, I think that there there is a certain element of of truth there. There is, of course, that there is a, you know, there are cultural differences um, in in different countries and so on. Now, but I don't think what's and I think we can we can maybe fixate on the on the you know alcohol in stadiums thing a bit too much. But there is an interesting point here, both with the um, what, what Rasmus was talking about and more broadly about how Qatar has. You know, invited the world, you know, which is what the World Cup is, is inviting the world to your, to to your country, um, and then very quickly, very suddenly, we saw the alcohol, you know, thing got announced on Friday only. Suddenly, a big U-turn. So they seem to have, um, and and you know, we suddenly see things like you know, kind of stories of of journalists being stopped in the street and so on. All things that you know, you need for a World Cup. You need that kind of the energy and, and freedom to an extent. Um, and the Qataris seem to be. You turning on a lot of promises, you know, already in the past few days, and with almost the sense that you know they 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 promised some certain things and then left it until it was too late for anyone to object fully before they said, oh, "Actually, we're not going to we're not going to play by the normal rules well, of an of a World Cup." G- given the international criticism that there's been of measures like that, do you think, or is it too early to say whether this is an event in which sports washing will work, or are people now so cynically minded when they come into this that they're not really going to um, be be fooled by the facade that's going to be pulled for the next three weeks? It depends what you what you want from sports washing. When we when we um you know came up with the the the, the term sports washing and it's the concept obviously existed for a long time. But when we came up with the term, we were talking about um Azerbaijan, which hosted the um, European Games in 2015. In in no small th- part thanks to our own Pat Hickey, um who um worked with Azerbaijan and subsequently with Belarus mm. in giving them. And what they wanted, what countries like Azerbaijan and Belarus wanted, was to be to be legitimised and to be let into the world and to be seen as players in every sense. Um, and you see that as well with the Qataris, with um, the Al Jazeera, their global news channel, with the purchase of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, the football team, with the um, here in London, with the, the Shard, which looms over the entire city, one of the tallest buildings in the world, and is very explicitly you know, a declaration of Qatari power and influence. So I think the way the Qataris are looking at it is slightly different. So they don't want to just a nice, glossy, friendly sheen. They also want to project a little bit of power and say, you know, we can do this. We, if we choose to, we can hold the World Cup. If we choose to, we can buy a football club. If we choose to, we can you know, erect the biggest building in Europe right in the heart of London. I think that uh, whether it's, you know, it is certainly is sports washing, but it's, it's, move, it's not trying to gloss over anything. It's almost as if they're saying, you have to take us or leave us because we are a powerful and rich country. Let's see how it goes over the next three weeks. Padre, thanks for your time this lunchtime. I'm sorry to have to rush you. Padre Greedy, who's Director of Editorial at 89 Up in London. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.